welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. Listeners all around the world, we are so delighted you've joined us and welcome. I'd love to say hello to all our listeners in the United States and friends in Seattle, Washington, and of course, Los Altos, California, and Austin, Texas, and Houston, and all across the U.S., and of course, in China, and Ireland, and our friends in Australia. We have such a fun show today. We're talking about paving the way for the coffee industry in Australia. We have truly an amazing guest joining us today from Australia, Saxon Wright. And before I introduce Saxon, we're going to have our Anikona Farm moment. We are enjoying, of course, the last of our harvest. We we were walking between the coffee trees this morning and they're starting to flower their beautiful white flowers. We also have had some wonderful moments over the weekend with some friends on the farm. We had some great walks, some great hikes. Um, it's just been really nice at Anikona Farm, and I was truly grateful to our friends who visited us over the weekend. And now we have a fun um, project we're doing with our friends over at Puna Chocolate, who grow their cacao here on the Big Island. And we're teaming up with them. They're nice to provide Anikona coffee in their shops in Hilo and in Chicago. So that's a fun new thing. And now we're going to start our show about paving the way for coffee industry in Australia. We'd like to introduce our special guest, Saxon Wright. He is CEO of Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters in Australia. They have coffee shops in Sydney and Brisbane. He's been in the coffee industry for over 20 years. He's been a head judge in Australia for the barista championships. He's he's actually even been a world barista champion judge. And we are so so delighted to welcome you, Saxon Wright from Australia. Thanks for joining us. Aniko, hi. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure. We are so excited to hear all that what you're up to and learn a little bit more about Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters. We'd love to start and share some of your favorite stories kind of in your early days in your career, a little bit about your personal journey and how you actually ended up deciding to have a chemistry background when you attended the University of Technology in Sydney. Tell us a little bit about that, please, Saxon. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think everyone's start in, in coffee within the industry is, is really different and people come at it from really different angles. You know, for me, starting in from a scientific background was really interesting. I, I guess I was, it, it started further back. There's, a, there's an industry body in Australia, the Commonwealth Scientific Research Organization or the CSIRO. They had a junior science club and I, I was actually part of that during high school, which, you know, so it's kind of a bit of a nerdy start for me from, from that <laughs> point of view. And I and I really just, I found science and chemistry in particular really interesting and I ended up moving into that at, at university. I, I actually did, I actually started in chemistry and then transitioned across into sports science and one of the things I did in sports science was actually focus on the 
effects of caffeine on the human body. So that's kind of a, a bit of a, a side note, but it really kind of sparked an interest in what, what coffee was and what coffee looked like. So I guess there was the, the science side of it, and then on the other side was the social side. I mean, I think at uni, a lot of people spend time just hanging around at cafes, and, and that was certainly my experience, and I, I sort of found the, the social love of coffee on that side of it, but was also kind of exploring the science side of it um, from a chemistry aspect on the other side of it. So they kind of eventually joined that's so interesting. I know you've been involved in a variety of projects, Saxon, that have a lot to do with social environmental impacts. Um, I'm curious, did you have some favorite coffee stories as you started those those early days at university? Uh, I, I think I was surrounded by a number of people that were really keen and, and focused on trying to make an impact in the world and I think I was influenced by those people and in particular some of my own family members um, that were quite passionate about that and I think when you surround yourself with people that are interested in that you pick up some of that yourself and so I was genuinely interested in working out how to have an impact and I think as my journey in coffee progressed I think I started to see things and realize that in coffee we could could actually have an impact and so I kind of set a a plan in motion to try and participate in that I guess through, through business and through coffee. Well, you certainly have done that with Pablo and Rusty's. Tell us a little bit about how that started and a little bit about the origin of the name. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things we get asked a lot. A lot of people just assume that I'm either Pablo or Rusty, uh, <laughs> which, which is actually not the case. Um, they're actually my wife's two brothers. So they're my brother-in-laws and their nicknames are Pablo and Rusty. And just for fun, I actually started a, a, a brand. We got a for them for their birthdays so it, it came out of just a, a gesture for those guys and a, a bit of fun really um, I actually had another coffee company that was a contract roasting company at this stage and we we were roasting for other people so it kind of was an extension of that and and then I ended up selling that business and reforming a new business that used that name so those guys aren't actually part of the business they're just the, uh, the the stakeholders but they do have a lifetime supply of coffee so I think they're okay with it That's so fun. Well, you've brought technology and sustainability right at the forefront of your coffee bars. Tell us, please, about some of that in your your coffee business. Yeah, we. uh, I I think as things progressed, you know, we 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 became a roaster, and I think Pablo and Rusty's as as a roasting company. uh, We had our own kind of focus and agenda in trying to what we're trying to do from a from a roasting point of view, and we were always very keen on implementing technology and look at things really scientifically, but we ended up getting into coffee bars and we, we've opened over 10 of our own. We still have two now. We've sold some of the others. But what we found was actually at the retail level, there was a real need to drive technology and there's a lot of changes happening in that landscape that we, I, I think, felt like we could carry over and really participate. And, and as we've become more wholesale-focused business, we're and by that I mean we supply to a number of cafes across Australia and we see a lot of the challenges that they're facing and so I think we use our stores as a, a sandpit if you like to try and experiment and explore and try new technologies and uh, try and develop new ways of doing things and interacting with our customers and with coffee itself and and then take that learning and, and offer that to our clients and, and, and be able to support them better. You even were able to achieve uh, something that's very complicated. You were, you're now a certified B Corporation. Please tell our listeners what that entailed, Saxon. 
Yes, I mean, I'm glad you asked. B is an amazing uh, initiative that's been started, and it started out of America. And there's a number of companies I think that were foundational in that Patagonia and a couple other companies that were really focused on having an impact in the world. And they started a, a body that's about certifying companies, and it's the B stands for benefits. So it's a benefit corporation, and it's it's basically trying to get companies to take into account things that are beyond themselves. So looking at all the stakeholders, looking at environmental impact, social impact, uh, and then putting a framework around that from an auditing perspective. So there's a set of criteria and standards those businesses have to meet and then to, to get that mark or that seal. And, and so when we heard about that only last year, actually, I, I was like, wow, that's, a, that's amazing. You know, we're doing a whole bunch of things, but we'd love to participate with that. So we signed up to become a B Corp company and had to go through a whole bunch of uh, processes to ensure we met those standards and, and complied, uh, which was actually pretty tough. It's a really great standard, and I think we'll start to see more businesses use that that logo as they become certified. And I think there's there's companies all over the world participating in that. And I think it's as consumers, it's another way that uh, we can look for companies that are doing good things in the world. They're not just concerned with their own bottom line, but they're actually concerned with the world around them, the people that are participating in their supply chain or, uh, you know, within the business itself all the way through. So it's, it's a fantastic process. Um, and so we're, we're yeah, stoked to be part of that. It sure is quite a process and it's an incredible accomplishment, Saxon, all that you and your team have worked hard to accomplish. How would you describe the vibe in one of your coffee bars? Uh, our, our bars are busy, <laughs> so they're, uh, which is great. I mean, we obviously we like that, um, but they're, they're certainly a fast-paced environment. I think we, we actually have a – I know we've lost a lot of customers that used to come to us in the early days because they, you know, like – come in, sit down, enjoy a cup of coffee and chat with the staff. And But, you know, over time, the, the coffee bars just got busier and busier and so it becomes harder and harder. And uh, So they're, they're definitely a fast-paced uh, environment where customers come and go. I mean, we still really push customer service. We really, you know, love to look after our customers and, and give them a great experience. But it's when you've got queues out the door and you're just trying to get as many coffees made as you can and, and to a, a good standard, it's certainly a, a fairly intense work environment. But... Yeah, I think that the, the spaces themselves are fun, they're exciting, they're really lively. You know, there are definitely cafes that are, are quieter and probably more comfortable to relax and, and read a book in, but uh, at the same time, we want to give people, you know, great coffee, and if, if it means we're busier, then that's just a different kind of environment. It's a real buzz and a kind of more excitement. It uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun and exciting. How do you source that delicious coffee that you provide? Yes, yeah, sourcing is a really important part of what we do. I mean, certainly at, a, at, a, at the roastery, the guys that, that are involved in that. I, I used to do that a lot. I've actually stepped back from that a little bit just because we're I'm a bit too busy now. But the team that's that's come in that, that does our green buying is uh, an amazing group of guys, and they really focus on trying to get great coffees. And so a big part of that's working closely with the farms around the world that we've built relationships with over the years. Uh, I, I spent a lot of my early years traveling to a lot of different farms all over the world and was really fortunate to meet some amazing farmers doing an amazing job. And we've really fostered those relationships and we're still working with farmers that we've been sourcing coffee from for over 10 years. So uh, that, that's a really enjoyable part of the 
what we get to do is participating at the farm level and seeing what's happening at farms and the changes that are happening at farms and the quality improvement that we're seeing and the technology that's going back into farms. So that, that sourcing side of it is really important and, and we want to make sure the farms we work with are, you know, really looking after the environment and, and making sure their staff and the workers are treated fairly and, and participating in the, in the process in a really positive way. So uh, that's certainly a, a, a key thing for us. Well, and it's so important, the the farmers that you work with and team up with and you make sure that they have far, fair and ethical practices is so important in the coffee industry. So you're definitely paving the way for the coffee industry in Australia. And I know you spend quite a bit of time in China as well, in the Yunnan province. Tell us a little bit, Saxon, about uh, maybe a favorite coffee story with a farmer that you might know uh, in that province. Yeah, China's, China's really interesting. I mean, a lot of people don't think of, of China as a coffee-growing region. And and so I was really lucky to get invited over there a couple of years ago. It was about five or six years ago now. I was asked to just to go and participate in the coffee industry and see what was happening. And um, and I got to tour all the way around. And, and as part of that trip, not only did I meet some amazing farmers, and I'll, I'll touch on one of them in a second, but... The, the region itself is just beautiful. I mean, southern Yunnan province down near the Burmese border, it will mean my border. It's it's an amazing part of the world, and the, the coffee that's grown there is really it's really good. <laughs> and yes. we're we're, we're going to see more from that region, I think. And actually, we've now set up a business over there. So there was a farmer there, a man, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Hu, who's been running coffee farms for many years, and. It's really difficult just because it's just access to the external markets, access to uh, foreign countries to supply to is is just really tricky from that region. And so we set up a processing and export business down there, which has now been running for about five years that I'm a a part of. And we work really closely with this this farm and this family and we've got to really participate with them and, and, and see their farm grow and to be able to see quality improvements and uh, the ability just to tweak a few things that make it really accessible for us, you know, certainly in Australia, and we're now exporting to the US and the UK and other areas as well. And and just to see the, all the lives transformed in that region and be able to really see a huge change by paying premiums and investing into the farm and paying for what can then build local communities. And and the change that we can see is just amazing in a five-year period. So we're really lucky to be part of that world, part of that area in the world and, and seeing some of that change happen. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's certainly a great place. And I still go there every year. So inspiring. That's uh, Thank you for sharing that, Saxon. Oh, I just... I'm just so happy to hear all that's going on there in China and the Yunnan province. And we are looking forward to chatting a little bit more with Saxon about some of his favorite stories as he's been growing Pablo and Rusty's and also how he's been visiting some of these farmers around the world. We've really enjoyed chatting with you, Saxon, about your early days. And right after the break, listeners, we look forward to chatting a little bit more about some fun traditions that Pablo and Rusty's coffee roasters have please join us right after the break streaming live the leader in internet talk radio 
VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You're listening to my favorite coffee story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're having such a nice time with Saxon Wright, the CEO of Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters in Australia. We're talking about paving the way for the coffee industry in Australia. And we were just talking about some of the wonderful stories in meeting farmers around the world. And Saxon was sharing how there's a special province in China called the Yunnan province and some of the the wonderful projects that they've been doing with some of the farmers, coffee farmers there. And we were hoping to hear a little bit more also from Saxon about some of the favorite coffee stories as Pablo and Rusty's has grown and how grown and how you've sourced wonderful coffee all around the world. Saxon, tell us some of your favorite stories as Pablo and Rusty's has really expanded. Yeah, I think there's well, there's lots that I think I could I could touch on. I mean, I I think at the factory we where we roast, there's a, there's a lot of little things that we do that I think is great. I mean, the team here, I think something that I'm really proud of is that all the team, you know, from all the guys, whether they're in accounts or in in sales or, or wherever, we all just come back to the cupping table and everyone's involved in in cupping and tasting coffees. And I think one of the things we're all really passionate about is discovering the flavors within coffee. And I think that's that's kind of a, a real joy for me just to see the, the transition from, you know, people just sort of enjoying coffee as a product to 
really discovering the nuances and, and flavors within coffee. And I think as a company, we do that really regularly. Everyone's involved, you know, slurping and spitting and uh, <laughs> trying all the new coffees as they come in. And anytime there's a new coffee, there's just a real buzz and everyone wants to get in and, and try it. And I think that that's a real privilege to be part of that process and, and to have a group of people that I'm surrounded with that are just as, just as if not more passionate than I am. So uh, <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's certainly a, a good part of the, our day-to-day, you know. Definitely. You have such a nice team. How, how do you find your, your great team, Saxon? Yeah, look, I think uh, the teams have really evolved over time. I mean, I, I'm pretty lucky, I think. Most of the teams found, found us, you know. Um, I mean, one of the guys that's actually now one of our senior green buyers and in charge of QA, he, I actually met him at the World Barista Championships in Colombia. I was, I was sitting on the grandstands, and, and not judging at the time, and a friend of mine came up and we were chatting, and uh, and she was like, oh, I know this guy, he's heading to Australia, you know, he might, he might be interested in work, and so we started chatting, and I said, oh, that'd be, that'd be great to meet him, and you know, I got, I got chatting, and this, this, this guy, Phil, he's, and he's been with us for like five or six years now, um, and he just, he'd taken himself to the World Barista Championships just to watch and participate, just as a as wow. someone passionate about coffee and he'd flown himself to Colombia and he was traveling to farms and, you know, not working for any company at the time, but just so passionate about coffee and, and, you know, sitting there, you know, in the grandstands in Colombia watching, watching a coffee competition. I'm like, you really should come and work for us. I want a guy like you. I want, <laughs> I want someone that's willing to fly themselves all over the world and take them and, and learn and, and, you know, try and understand this, this product better than anyone, you know. How could you not want someone like that on your team? So, Absolutely. You know, sure enough, he, uh, he did a bit more traveling, and by the time he got back to Australia, he was he was on board. And, and I think a lot of our team have similar journeys that have, in some, in some way, we've connected and, uh, you know, through that, that, that love of coffee and the pursuit to, to create a difference, have, have, we've kind of all come together. And I... And I I think that's that's what makes the team unique and interesting and constantly trying to do things better. That's fantastic, Saxon. And you do have some fun traditions there at Pablo and Rusty's. I I uh, had been reading that you do some special trail runs. Tell us, please, a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think uh, for what it's, for whatever reason, we seem to have attracted a, a whole bunch of outdoor enthusiasts to the company, and maybe that's just a a coffee industry thing or, or something I'm not sure but we 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 have a lot of us that just love running I've always loved running I, I've loved running ever since I was at school and 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 the outdoors so I guess you put those two together and you end up with trail running and so yeah we there's a number of us that trail run and um, I, I'm certainly not the the fastest or the fittest out of all of us but I, I certainly give it a go and and as a business we've now chosen to sponsor the trail running series that's in and around Sydney so there's a there's a a monthly trail run that goes on and we, we turn up with our, uh, our our coffee and give free coffee to the runners and, and participate and we love supporting supporting the events but often we get just a lot of our staff and even a lot of our customers coming along for the ride and um, and it's and it's great um, so yeah we we, uh, we love it one, one of our guys actually is uh, it turns out he's pretty good he does ultra marathons he does 100 milers and goes around uh, at the world competing in different events so uh, he's certainly taken it to the next level, but yeah, as a, as a company, we love we love it. We love that it's an, you know a low impact environmentally. 
as a sport, so we, we love supporting it from that point of view, but, but also just being in the outdoors is a, is a good thing, and it's a, a nice synergy with coffee. You have such a nice team where you do fun projects like that and then have that wonderful uh, event, the trail run event there in Sydney. Where do you do that in Sydney? Well, it changes every month, actually. So there's national parks scattered in and around Sydney and, and on the outskirts. So every month there's a, a new location in one of the national parks um, and we, the, the organizers set up and everyone takes off into the bush and disappears for an hour or two and and, uh, and comes back to find a, a nice hot brew at the end. So it, it's, uh, it's good. But, yeah, in northern Sydney, southern Sydney, all, all around, actually. Fantastic. How would you describe uh, your leadership or management philosophy, Saxon? Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think uh, <laughs> probably relaxed. <laughs> we are, I mean, I think we're, we're ambitious on one hand. You know, we're a company that really wants to grow. and we, We're not shy about that because we really want to have an impact. And the larger the scale we have, the more we can do, the more we can do at farms, the more we can do uh, in environmental things, we, the more we can do in, in all kinds of areas and we can invest into different things if, if we, and, and as we grow. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to push our team. I want to, I will hopefully inspire them and, and get them to want the same things and to get on the same page. So we, we, we run a, there's a team that there's a leadership team and we, we get together and we really see our role as actually uh, supporting the business and supporting all the people doing the, doing the hard work on the ground, the roasters, the green guy, the green buyers, the, you know, the, the staff, the cafes, you know, they're the ones doing the real work. We, we see ourselves really just doing whatever we can to support them and make sure they've got what they need to, to do a great job and support their customers and, um, and, 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 and make life fun too. You know, we want coffee to be a really enjoyable place. So, um, so I guess it's a little bit unusual from that point of view. Um, but I guess, you know, when you can drink coffee all day, that, that helps everyone. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> well, good Yes, definitely. You know, you, you really do, um, you're passionate about sustainability. And I, I think that sets such a tone for your entire team and also for the coffee coffee industry as a whole. And I think it's so inspiring, Saxon, that you've you've become involved in researching using coffee waste. And that I just think is fascinating how you've been able to use some of the coffee husks and the coffee waste that would have just been left and would have been thrown away in some valuable or uh, productive ways. One way is I know you've started a company called Husky. Tell please our listeners a little bit about what you're doing at Husky. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, husk, husk is, is the waste that comes out of one of the stages of processing coffee. So uh, when coffee is dry milled, there's this uh, outer skin or this outer layer that, that, that's quite dry and brittle, and you have to take that off before you uh, ship coffee around the world from, from the farm. So uh, it's, and it's just one of the waste products in producing coffee and one of our higher level objectives was to try and remove waste from the, the whole supply chain and wouldn't it be great if we could get rid of every area of waste you know whether it's waste water whether it's waste uh, to chaff from roasting or whether it's it doesn't, it doesn't matter you know any area we wanted to sort of tackle and as we were partnering with our farms in in Yunnan province actually so Yunnan coffee traders is is the business over there that we that we're 
working with, that we're partners with. And one of the challenges that we were kind of working on together was, you know, what do we do with this husk? And we were thinking, surely there's something we can do with it. Now, it does get used. Some farms do use it in their commercial dryers for the drying of coffee. They, they burn it to use in drying, but not everyone does that. And other people mix it back in with their compost, and, and you can do that. Uh, but typically, you produce far more of this than you can use for that purpose. So uh, certainly a lot of the bigger dry mills. So we were thinking what we could do, and, and one of the guys was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if you could turn it into a coffee cup? <laughs> and it was just kind of this throwaway comment, and we were like, what if we could? <laughs> we, we, should, we should try. So we, we set about seeing if we could turn it into a product that we could use somewhere else in the industry. Um, and in this case, a cup, and, and that's when it was born. And, and Husky, which is Husk, um, Husk Coffee, so Husky is H-U-S-K-E-E. And we wanted to see what we could do with that. And, and, and the, the cup was born, and we spent a year developing it and prototyping and testing and trying to get the materiality right. And, um, and, and yeah, we're, we're ready to go to market. We go to market uh in about two months, actually. So we're, we're getting really close to making it a live product. That's so exciting about Husky Cup. It's also wonderful how you're actually bringing your your science background into what you do and everything you do and really putting it to good use in ways that you can actually help the environment. I think that's just wonderful and our listeners are so inspired by that, I'm sure. How is it going with Husky Cup? What are How are some of the, the projects and how you were developing that cup and how it went? Yeah, I mean, look, like all projects, it's not without its challenges and I think we've, we've certainly faced out fair share of challenges in getting it ready. Uh, but I, I think it's, it, well, the, the, the project actually evolved. So the original idea was let's make, let's make a cup uh, out of husk and as a waste product. But interestingly, what we, we kind of scale up the vision a little bit and we're like, well, how, how, could, how about we make one of the best cups that's, that's been made and how, how can we solve another major problem? And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard the issues around takeaway cups at the moment. So what we wanted to do was try and make the ultimate reusable cup and a cup that actually then really tackles the big problem of disposable cups. So we've designed it in a way that really moves into the disposable cup space and as a reusable cup, or even, and it can even be used as a ceramic replacement uh, for cafes. So what we've tried to do is develop a cup that ha- really impacts another mega problem in the industry, which is which is disposable cups. and. That's, that's kind of the project that we're really focused on now is going, well, we've finished designing and making the cup. Now now how do we solve this other problem on the other side of the industry? And, and for us, it's, you know, the opportunity to use waste on one hand on the, on the farming side and then use that as the tool to reduce waste at the cafe side and actually really try and get consumers on board and, and think, you know, we're using cups and, you know, there's estimates of 40 to 50 billion takeaway cups get thrown into landfill every year. And, the, wow. and that every year, I mean, it's just the, the numbers are staggering. And if you can imagine what 40 or 50 billion cups looks like is, I mean, it's the, 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 the number is huge. And the amount that's getting recycled is, is minimal. Um, it's in a single percent, I think. I think it's one or two percent actually get recycled. Um, and so the, the, the problem on that side is, is actually what we found is far bigger than the waste side. So we thought there was a big problem at the farms. Um, and what we realised is actually the, the real problems at the 
at the cafe level. So we really want to tackle that on and uh, tackle it head on and 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 if we can use that use a sustainable product to do that, then you know that's even better. Saxon, that's so fantastic. And you mentioned you're about to launch in a couple of months. So our listeners are all around the world. And I'm wondering, how would they then best learn a little bit more about Husky Cup? Do they go to your website or what would you recommend? Yeah, look, we're about to relaunch a new website. There is a current website. Uh, we're just going to get that updated. Uh, and it's just husky.co. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we'd love people to sign up to the newsletter and and just get on board and listen for updates so that as soon as we launch in your country will, you know, you, you'll be the first to know. And we, we're, we're keen for people that, that are first in will, will certainly get some, um, some a bit of extra love. And, you know, we're going to launch in Australia first and then we're going to get to the US and the UK pretty quickly uh, soon after. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if, if people just sign up and, and follow us, follow us on social media would be great. And you can follow uh, where we're up to, where, you know, everything we're doing, where we're pretty open and transparent about letting people know what we're doing. So, you know, the more interest that we get from people, the, the better, and, and it really will support um, not only the, the business itself, which is which is great, but we you know we want to we want to have a real impact. We want to put a real dent in what's happening in, in takeaway cups and everything that takes to produce takeaway cups. Uh, and at the same time, you know, if we can help farmers and you know, potentially even provide additional income streams to farmers with you know by being able to buy the husk and actually turn it into a, a valuable product then that's got real impact. I mean, that can really affect the, the small margins farmers make. If they can get a little bit extra for another product they can sell, then that's great. But that'll only happen if we have the demand on the other side. So, you know, it's, it's something that I think we'd, we'd love to see people get behind. Well, that's going to have tremendous impact, Saxon, and um, just really wish you well with that project. And thank you for doing that. Oh, that is so inspiring. And you're definitely um, introducing new ways for the coffee industry to make a difference in our environment and um, help the farmers as well as also make sure that cafes and and all the the places that offer the takeaway cups can think about um, better ways maybe to to have cups. So we really appreciate you doing that, and it's so exciting. And we wish you all the best. And thank you so much for sharing what you're doing with Husky Cup and all your hard work and the team's hard work because that's going to have a huge impact. When we come back. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit more with Saxon Wright, our uh, wonderful guest from Australia, CEO of Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters. We're going to talk a little bit more about other projects that he's working on, like the Cashless Cafe, right after the break. Please join us. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. 
Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We are having such a wonderful time with Saxon Wright, CEO of Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters in Australia. And we were just going to talk about a little bit more about one of his recent projects, but we were so thrilled to hear a little bit about the the uh, Husky Cup and the Husky company that Saxon's been uh, founder of, and they're using the husks as that's waste anyway in a way that will help with um, reusable and uh, takeaway cups. So that was really interesting, and thank you for sharing that, Saxon. We're going to ask you a little bit more about your current projects and the one in particular, the Cashless Cafe in there in Sydney, or is in Brisbane? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we decided to open up a, a new cafe in Brisbane, which is about 10 hours drive north of Sydney, just for, for those not familiar with the geography of Australia. <laughs> um, and it, it's, so it's quite remote for us. So, it's, you know, there's a few challenges with opening up a store that's not in your backyard. And, uh, you know, we were playing around with different ideas of how we could do things. And one of the problems we kept coming back to is like, oh, cash is really annoying. Like, you know, we, where's the nearest bank? who's going to manage the float and how are we going to do security and what about staff theft and, you know, all these, these problems that are linked with cash when you're running a cafe, uh, which I'm sure if you if you owned or have a cafe, then you'll understand. Uh, and so we just thought, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if we just didn't have cash? <laughs> that just make life so much easier. And then we were kind of like, well, actually, why don't we? Let's just, let's just not have it. So we decided to open up the, the cafe and, and not have cash. Um, it doesn't mean we don't want to get paid. We still want to get. We still want to sell coffee, <laughs> uh, but we we just removed the the physical cash and just moved to credit cards. And we've set up our own app, and we have a, an app payment system that people can use. And uh, you know, we'll also be looking potentially at cryptocurrencies and other things to participate in what's happening in that space. So, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of things that we've decided to do, and it's been a really great experiment just to see if it's even possible and what the benefits are and what does that look like for us as a, as a business and, you know, will people get annoyed and, you know, do, are people going to come? Are they, you know, what's that going to look like? So it's been a really interesting journey just to see. But we're, we're about a year in. We're just over a year now um, and things are, things are going great. So no, no turning back. It's, it's been a really good project. So do you think you'll make your Sydney cafe also cashless pretty soon? Yeah, we're definitely keen to take our Sydney cafe that way. I guess the difference is when you've got a customer base and you know people are you know used to paying with cash there. Uh, it's it's harder to take something away from someone. When we yes. opened our Brisbane store, we started from scratch. So from a 
from day one. That's that's what we did. So I think it's a little bit easy. We don't have the legacy of uh, and, and the, the background of, of taking cash and then taking that away. So I think it's definitely easier with our Brisbane store. So we're being a little bit more careful with our Sydney store. But we are at the moment trying to make things better. We're, it, we're, we're pushing credit card. We're making that easier. We're really promoting our app and, and really pushing that side of things. So I think once we once the, the uptake is just a little higher, we'll, we'll make the transition and then we'll We'll close the cash registers and uh, and say goodbye to that, that side of things. Wow, that's really innovative, and it sounds like it's going really well. Uh, as far as you know, it sounds like you're the only cashless cafe in all of Australia, possibly the world. Is that right? Yeah, look, as far as we know, I, I think there's now a couple that have opened. We've definitely, a few people, I think, have been inspired to, to have a go at it and, and realize that there's actually a lot of benefit. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's it's early days, but I think you know, cash is is on its way out. Certainly in Australia, and from what I've read, Australia is probably uh, the the least dependent on cash, and then one of the faster moving countries away from it as a as sort of an everyday uh, process or, or item. And I and I think you know, so that's probably a little easier for us from that point of view. But I definitely think you know, as cash starts to transition out and everything becomes more digital. Uh, you know, we need to lean on those digital systems. We need to understand them better. We need to find out what the problems are. And so for us, we just wanted to kind of get a jump start on that and, and work on that. And really, you know, one of the things we found actually was that our internet's not good enough. <laughs> and, oh. you know, if your, if your systems go down, well, what do you do? How do you, how do you take payment? You know, what does that look like? So, you know, really getting our backup systems and, and things in place that can facilitate that. So there's been a bit of learnings from that point of view, definitely. Um, and you know and how to communicate with customers that are that get a bit frustrated that they haven't turned up. You know they've only come with cash. And how do we how do we work with customers and let them know? And so it's all learning, but it's the benefits are definitely there. You know it's it's actually faster. It's easier. Um, you know there's no one counting money at the end of the day. There's no trips to the bank. There's there's no chance of theft or or even just staff handling errors, just accidental errors that can happen with cash. So yeah, we we definitely feel like the benefits outweigh any negatives. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like it. you're on such an interesting path with that. It'll be interesting to see how you bring in maybe cryptocurrency down the road and even become more and more digital. So that's fantastic. So exciting. You do quite a few amazing projects, Saxon. And I, I think our listeners would love to learn from you how you balance all that you do and all the good that you do between Pablo and Rusty's and Husky Cup and working with you, Yunnan coffee traders and innovative technology and and uh, all the uh, things like Cashless Cafe, how, how do you balance all that? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think I'm still trying to work it all out, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think... I think part of it's, you know, surrounding yourself with, with great people. I mean, I'm really lucky to have the team that I have around and, you know, I think everyone's on board with it and everyone understands that we, we are trying to have an impact and I think everyone works hard and we 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 all focus on that. And for me, for me personally, I think it's actually finding time out and, and ensuring that I get time to think and have that, that creative outlet and, you know, for me, trail running is great. I actually... My commute is actually trail running. I actually run through the bush to work every day. So, uh, you know, for me, that, that gives me headspace and, and time out to, to just get away from it all. And, and often that's where the ideas come, you know, when I think you just separate yourself from the day-to-day and can can think of things that you want to do. And then it's it's just about getting on with it. You know, we, we don't want to 
sit back and, and wait to see other people do things. If, if we can do it ourselves, well, we just want to have a go and see what we can do. So we, we definitely push from that point of view. But, you know, I think personally it's about getting time out and uh, stopping and actually enjoying a coffee every now and then and, uh, and removing yourself and, and getting the rest that you need and then coming back. And when you, you're back, you, you're back on 100% and really going for it to get things done. Well, that's very true. And thank you for sharing that because I, I think that is sort of helpful to rejuvenate yourself. I love how you, you bring your exercise in also with time out and, um, and you also are making it into work, which is wonderful and, and also very, you're not impacting the environment either. So that's um, so inspiring, Saxon. I know you also have your travels and when you make it to some of these areas in Asia and Central and South America, what's, um, what's your next travel point? Yeah, I think uh, well, next my next trip will be over to the U.S. There's a, a, a an annual conference that happens, the the SCA or the Specialty Coffee Association, uh, the the newly formed global entity for, for coffee is in Seattle uh, this year in April. So I'll definitely be heading over for that, and and off the back of that, I'll often do a bit of travel around, and uh, I might head down to Central America from there, or or visit you know a lot of the cafes and see what's happening in the U.S. scene. Um, and I'll definitely be heading back to Yunnan again this year to see the team over there and uh, see, see how things are, are tracking. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a full year with travel, definitely. Well, and you have a good team that will help you, I know, uh, to balance things while you're on the road. And it sounds like you're launching Husky Cup right before that uh, Specialty Coffee Association meeting. So that's an exciting time. When you're when you're traveling, uh, and what would you say are your favorite coffee regions when you're there? I know you spend a good amount of time in China, but uh, is there a, another favorite coffee region that you just love? Oh, look, it's hard. There's so many regions. I mean, I, I, I do have a soft spot for Panama. Uh, I, I mean, it's just it's just a really beautiful country and the coffees they produce really are something special. Um, so I, I do love visiting Central America and seeing what they're doing. And, uh, it, you know, and the people there are just amazing and they're just, you know, the most down-to-earth and lovely people. And um, I mean, it probably helps that they, a lot of them speak English. So that yes. makes it a little bit a little bit easier. Um, not all of them, but, but certainly a lot of them speak enough English to to really be able to connect a bit more. Um, but uh, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, I I, I think um, going to down to Brazil is great. I've got some some great friends in Brazil, and there's some there's some great micro lots and specialty coffees coming out of Brazil, which is which is great. Um, so yeah, I, I think. And there's, there's lots, I mean, there's lots of areas, you know, there's just, everywhere you go, there's amazing people and amazing coffee. It's, 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 it's hard to, to really, to zoom in, you know, at any given time, but uh, I, I guess that's, that's where I'm pretty lucky and get to see so many different areas and, and meet the, the, this huge variety of people and, and the cultures they represent. I mean, even in Indonesia, is the cultures in Indonesia in the, out in the, the rural areas and the farming areas are, are really phenomenal. Um, I've had amazing times in in Indonesia too, so um, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of special places in coffee. Well, and you have such nice relationships, and I'm sh- I'm sure they're so looking forward to seeing you there in Panama and Brazil, and uh, I hope you'll come see us sometime also on the Big Island of Hawaii if you can somehow 
maybe include us on one of your travels. That would be so wonderful. It's nice to to team up with the farmers and to see them regularly. And, and I'm sure they appreciate all your care and, and also how you help make sure that there's fairness involved in how we work with these farmers. And, and uh, you, you definitely foster those relationships. So thank you for that. When you're there at the Specialty Coffee Association, you probably know a lot of people as you've gotten to know them throughout the years and you've done, you know, many of these barista championships all around the world. Um, You're no longer judging in some of the competitions. Is that right? Yeah, I I spent about five years as a judge at the WBC. And I mean, it really is one of the highlights of my career. I think, you know, to be able to sit at a table and have coffees presented to you and where the baristas have spent months, if not years, working with farmers, designing the best rows, working out how to brew it perfectly, and, and you get to be the one that, that gets to experience and enjoy it. So I think being a participant at, or being a, a judge at those events is and, and being able to sit at that table is has been a real privilege and highlight for me, and I think I, I'm so grateful for that opportunity and experience to get to that to get to that place and, and, and obviously meeting those people. And, you know, it's, it's hard having let that go, but I, I think I made the choice to retire from that really just so that I was doing a lot of travel and I did have a lot of other projects on the boil and it's there's a point at which you just have to make the best decisions and uh, and and spread your time in the, in the best way you can. And, you know, I really needed to spend more time back on the business here and invest in my team and get them up to speed and, and I also was really keen to see some of those other projects really push forward and, and doing the judging is just a really time consuming uh, activity. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I was judging back in Australia and in other countries and at the world and, you know, all up that was, you know, two or three, well, probably two months a year in time and with wow. the family and, and everything back home, it, it just became a bit too much and I just thought it was it was time to, to move on and, you know, hopefully allow other people the opportunity to to get the same experiences that I did. So certainly an amazing opportunity. And some of the coffees that I have been lucky enough to taste is really unbelievable. I mean, I think it's coffees, the coffees being presented at the table at the World Championships is is really something else. I mean, it's just you're experiencing coffees that are of such unique character and flavor from such unique farms, you know, made by the best baristas on the planet. So uh, certainly a real privilege. And, a little, a little sad, you know. When I think back, and go, oh, I'd, I'd still love to be doing that. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really privileged place to be. But I, you know, at the same time, I, I want to work on other projects, and, and you, you can't yes. do everything. So. Well, definitely. Well, you've been in the coffee industry for over twenty years, and that is an incredible amount of time. And you have wonderful expertise and you've done a variety of things and as you take Pablo and Rusty's coffee roasters um, to the next steps and and the Husky company and all that you do with farmers it's been so amazing um, before we actually close we were hoping that maybe you could share with us Saxon uh, during your entire career so far if you had to say there are so many things I know that that one could say you've done and you're proud of but what would you say is one of your favorite or most proud the, what you're most proud of? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I uh, what's the thing I'm most proud of? Well, I think there's a few things. I mean, I, I definitely think recently the Husky project is. Uh, I, I think will certainly be something that I 
I'm in the middle of now, but I think we'll look back on it and go, well, if, if we achieve what we're hoping to achieve, I think to have the kind of impact that I think we can, I think will definitely be a defining moment for me. And I, I would love to see us achieve the vision that we've set. And if we do that, will definitely be the, probably one of the most defining moments uh, for me. And, uh, yes. but, at the, but at the same time, I think the, the ability to get um, the, the kind of tr- transition we've seen with farmers and to see farmers have lives changed as a result of what we've been able to do with them is, is probably um, something that I can look back on and go, well, you know, that whilst there's not one particular moment, there's definitely the number of farms that we've been able to see real transformation in, in their lives because of our investment into their, into their farms and into their families is, is something that I, I, I look back on and think, well, you know, that's, that to me is really special. And it might be as, as big a change at a global level, but just to know we've made a significant impact in, you know, those, those people's lives is, is a really positive thing and something that I think we, we're, we're proud of as a, as a company and I certainly am personally. Absolutely. And we've so appreciated you joining us today, Saxon Wright. Thank you so much and all that you're doing. And we look forward to seeing more about the Husky Cup in the next couple months. In the meantime, thank you for sharing with us how technology and sustainability play such an important role in the coffee industry in, in Australia as well as in the world. And thank you for paving the way, Saxon. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today at My Favorite Coffee Story. Thank you. We've been really enjoying our time with Saxon and we, of course, enjoy your questions along the way. Please feel free to continue the conversation at uh, radio at myfavoritecoffeestory.com and you can always have our My Favorite Coffee Story gift at anikona.com. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week. We look forward to being back together again next week and wonderful aloha to all of you. Thanks for joining us joining us. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week. <laughs>